Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we're introducing a very easy mode for this podcast. It's called Scrubbing to the End Without Listening. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Smash Ultimate version 4.0. And then on Thursday, we are going to be ranking Nintendo 64-era rare characters. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Part of the reason mm. I'm doing so great is that we have the air conditioner on right we now. We have the air conditioner which on Which we right don't now. normally. And we think we're we think. getting away with it, which right. is the sneaky part. But I'm calling it out. Just in, in case, case we're, we're not. <laughs> and so if it sounds like we're on a private jet, uh-huh. you know, far above the Atlantic, jet setting our way to old Perry, we're not. But no, just imagine that, though. <laughs> right. But imagine we are. Imagine we are and imagine that it is so hot in this plane. <laughs> and we are uncomfortable. Yeah. It, yes. It's like um, you should be, feel bad for us that we're going yes. to Paris. Yes. That's all. <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Gay Perry! <laughs> uh, here's another thing you should feel bad for us for. Here's another thing that you should feel bad about. You want to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com with a mailing address, your mailing address, and uh, that's where I send Sonic Forces to. You wanting to borrow this copy of Sonic Forces yes. is Nintendo Cartridge Society's equivalent of Catholic guilt. Yes. If you... It is with you always. It is with you always. It will shape all of your relationships. <laughs> There's nothing you could do about it. No. You were born with it. And you, every conversation with your mother will reflect it in one way or another. Um, other things. Here are other things. We, we've got a lot of like laundry list things at the top of the yes, show right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Super Mario Maker 2 levels. Send them to us. We didn't get any this last week. Hmm. I was going to boo, but I don't want to boo. I don't want to boo I'm just, either. Mm, I'm hmm. Yeah, it's, this, is a, this is another form of the Catholic guilt. I'm sure it's our fault somehow. Yeah, I mean, we went wrong someplace. Otherwise, surely our listeners would send us levels to play. But maybe they were all so busy playing Donkey Kong 3. So this is likely um, because we are having a Donkey Kong 3 high score contest. And you know there's a prize. There's a prize. Mark, tell them about the prize. They're socks. (laughs) Two pair. They go to the winner. None of this first place, second place stuff. Mm. Um, They're Donkey Kong socks. Right. They're of okay quality you know they no they look cute they they're, they're good donkey kong socks thank you um and it should be noted that these are not like donkey kong country socks no and they're not donkey kong three socks also very important don't um, be disappointed yeah don't be disappointed and don't look just it you know come to terms with the fact that you live in a world where there will never be donkey kong three socks just never unless you want to be the change in the world Right, and you to be the change that you want to see in exactly. the world. Exactly. Be and the Donkey Kong 3 socks. Exactly. But 
All of this is to say, yes. if you want these Donkey Kong socks, yeah. you got to send us your high scores from playing Donkey Kong 3. And there are two ways to do this. You can either tweet at us at Nincart Society or email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, just like Martin did. Um, and Martin says, hey, guys, thanks for giving me an incentive to play Donkey Kong 3. It took me back to my teen years, not because it was an old game, but because it was uh, the first time in years I had someone's high score to try and beat in a game. Uh, that's what gaming was all about when I grew up. Uh, in those far off this email goes on. <laughs> in those far off days, most games were about high scores. It took me all of the 90s to adjust to the fact that many games also had a story to finish, um, i.e. I never progressed far beyond World 1 in Super Mario Brothers as I kept trying to perfect my score. I had a friend who did this um, that got too stressed out by the first level of Super Mario Brothers because he tried to break every brick. And I always think Super Mario Brothers is such an interesting... I guess like they d continued into later Super Mario Brothers games, but like that it had a score component at all. Yeah, like what's that score doing there? There's no reason for it. Um, Martin wraps up by saying, thank you for reminding me of how things changed and uh, my lost gaming years of the 90s. He has not submitted a, a high score for Donkey Kong 3 because he says uh, he never got over uh, 250,000, which is a high score as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, Martin, your trash score is kicking my butt. Yeah, well, if, I mean, we don't have any photographic proof that he ever actually got that high. <laughs> don't you, Billy Mitchell Martin. I, I look... <laughs> If if he's got a score that's respectable, he should send it in. We'll send him the socks. Um, potentially. Potentially. Um, so far, we have gotten uh, a we got a high score in from uh, at Super Game Joy on Twitter with uh, one hundred and sixty thousand six hundred points. Um, but then Lizzie uh, just this evening sent in, sent in an email uh, with a high score of two hundred thirteen thousand four hundred. So Lizzie is currently in the lead. Both of these people have uh, destroyed my high score. And that was after destroying your <laughs> high score. Oh, my high score has been destroyed 10 times over. <laughs> uh, well, that's, I mean, mine has now also, I mean, it doesn't matter. Look, like you say, there is no second place, right? There's right. There's only first. Um, all right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Mark, I saw you playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. I did it. I picked it up. <laughs> um, I, when I saw that you were online and you were playing it, I turned to Sarah and I said, busted. Mark is busted. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you put much time into it? Yeah. Or, I mean, relatively. I think I played about three or four hours yeah. this weekend. That seems about right. Um, I'm loving it. But here's the thing. is like... <clears throat> going into it, I wasn't sure how I was going to like it because I'm not really a big strategy RPG person. But even after playing it and really enjoying it, and again, I'm not that far into it, I'm still not like giving the blanket statement that everybody should buy this game. Mm, okay. Because you either have to, either, from how I see it, you have to either really like strategy RPGs or you have to really like fetch quests and just, like, relationship building through menus. Yes. Because that is, like, the other part of this game. And I have found myself, like, really enjoying the, um, like, relationship building and exploring the school. Yeah. But, like, the mechanics of it are very simplistic. Mm-hmm. 
The uh, And so, yeah, it's really just like, do you love menu management with some little reward at the end? Then if so, this game could be good for you. Also, the strategy RPG part seems fine. I'm mostly using auto-battling to get oh, through really? it. Oh, really? But not entirely. Um, I'm also playing on easy, and when people die, they can come back after yeah, the battle. Yep. yep. I picked the um, uh, Blue Lions. Okay. I was going... I, I didn't want to do Black Eagles first. Because you represented them on our episode last week. That's right. You've already, done, you've already had <laughs> I've that I've had experience. my Black... That's exactly. Right. Um, I was going to do Golden Deer, but when it actually... Because, you know, like Claude. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean... He's hard to say no to, He right? has that, like, Padawan braid going oh, yeah. on. But... And there's, like, the big dude who's, like, bursting yeah. out of his shirt. Raphael. Right, I exactly. Yeah, which, you know, totally my type. Yes. Big, dumb, shirt doesn't fit. <laughs> but when it came down to it, like, I don't know. There was just something about Dimitri. I mean, I- I- honest to God, as I'm talking to any... Any leader of the house, like at the beginning of the game, I'm like, yeah, you're the person I want. Like, they're all compelling characters to me. I'll be super interested once we like both play through it to see what, how like the experiences differ. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I'm loving all the like stuff that could potentially, you could 100% skip, but I'm loving like the uh, instructing my students. Oh, choosing like the course Ooh. of instruction. I love it. Taking people to tea parties. The tea parties are the best. They're so silly. They're, like, the, why, don't, why is there like a sparkle filter <laughs> on the camera? <laughs> that like everything uh, it, during the tea parties, it, it's just like full of aesthetic choices that I don't understand, but I am enchanted by. I'm interested in seeing where the story goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think this is the first Fire Emblem game that I've ever yeah. really played. And there seems to be a disconnect between the battles and the story. Like you're told that the story and the battles are integrated, but it doesn't ever feels that way. Cause it's like each one is like just playing a chess match. Yeah. And sure. then at the end they talk about why it was important. Yeah. But in the moment you don't get really any of like the drama that uh, the story would sometimes like require. Um, have you done much uh, recruiting of characters from other houses yet? So I am not far enough along where I can actually recruit them. Yeah. I'm at the point where, you know, I'll talk to them and they'll be like, oh, I'm flattered, but I can't join your house. And then like, you need to, it tells yeah. me you need to like up these stats. I have done the thing where for one month you can get somebody from another house. Yeah, to- for, for mission assistance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you have them along for mission assistance and uh, you have Byleth, hey, did you keep the character's name? Yeah, I did. Yeah, but, but if you have Byleth, uh, like, battle alongside them and their relationship goes up that way, that you can actually recruit people before mm, you mm-hmm. get to, like, the actual, uh, like, stats that they find attractive. Gotcha. Um, and the same is true uh, taking people to tea, because um, that will also improve your relationship with them, and giving, like, lost items or gifts or whatever. Um, all of that can improve your relationship so that you can actually recruit people before you have, like, the numbers to do it. So the one part that I did look up, to kind of spoil myself so I knew what my options were, and that I'm very disappointed with, are, because I'm mar- playing a male, what is his name, Byleth or yeah. whatever, and the options for male-to-male romances are terrible there's and dire just, there's just one no there there's two but one that actually turns out to be like a relationship and the other one 
is just like you guys are good friends, and that's uh, that's uh, Alois, yeah, right? yeah. Is, is the one who's just friends. Uh-huh. And what's the name of the the one that actually will? I'm just blanking on something with an L, I think. It yeah, but it but it's not it's not Lorenz because he's a ladies' man, right? It's none of the ones that I want. No, definitely not. Yeah, it, it's not. I don't know why you can't why everyone can't romance Claude because if anyone in that game has like some serious bisexual energy, it is Claude. Okay, he does, but he's like classic. Claude is just a classic twink, right? <laughs> sure, and it's sure, just like, sure. Like I want to be able to romance anybody that I want. And that might be Dimitri. Let me sure. romance Dimitri. I mean, no. heads of house should be romanceable by everyone, right? Dimitri, Claude, and uh, Edelgard. Edelgard. Um, they should all be romanceable. It doesn't matter who, who you're playing. The options, again, looking it up, the options for like female to female relationships are much wider. Yes. But come on, one. Yeah, one, Guys, give one me, is not enough. Give me a break. Yeah. Um. So that part I'm a little bummed on, and of course I'm romancing whatever his name is because what option do I have? But I mean I'm putting in the work, right? But I'm do not you, happy about it. Do you have Casper in your house? I do. The the blue guy with like the faux hawk. Um. I I don't I don't I honestly couldn't tell you if he's in my house, but I know who you're talking about. Um. Because I'd like to romance that boy. As oh well. yeah, I think I do have him in my house. He's like an archer, and his level, at least in my game right now, is like super low. Oh, uh, he dies all the time. Is really <laughs> I, this doesn't sound familiar to you? No, I mean characters when my, dying char- all the time, when my characters matter. die, I hit a hard reset. Oh yeah, see, I I have just been like letting them because I don't care, right? Like I'm just getting through the battle, yeah. so, I, so I basically just like throw everybody yeah. at it, and it's on easy, and I'm like leveling up fast enough that I don't really have to like think about it that hard, mm-hmm. which is great that's exactly how i want to experience these battles is hardly experience them um but yeah like i said at the beginning uh you know our um friend of the show june he was asking because he was like should i pick up fire emblem three houses he doesn't really like strategy rpgs either i was like well i'm picking it up let me play through it and i'll let you know and honestly like i can't really just like give a broad recommendation on this game, like my enjoyment of it is very specific. Yeah. And if it's if that sounds like fun to you, I am finding it to be very fun and very addicting. But I can also a hundred percent understand why you would get this game and be like frustrated by all of it. Yeah, I mean I, I, I get that too, but I think for what it is, both the like strategy RPG part of it and the sort of like relationship builder. I feel like it's very good at both of those, but like I, I find the fights to be very compelling, especially trying not to let anyone die. Um, and I find all of these social stuff to also be very comp- like I think you know for as like silly and over the top as some of the interactions are, um, that they're like pretty well rounded character. Like I like all the characters, um, and which you know is is the sign that as a social game that it's really working for me. Um. All right. Uh. We we've also we've been maybe playing other games too. Have have we? Have we? Have we? Mark? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Um. So I, I played a little bit of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate with uh the hero, um from Dragon Quest, and uh, right because that came out last week. That came out right, last like, week. Because when this episode, yes. when last week's episode aired, we were pretty sure it was going to come out that Tuesday, and it, it did. Yeah. Um. And he's fun. He's interesting. Um. The the way the hero. Uh, controls um, his down B is like a random. It's like a, it brings up a little menu of 
you know, it's something like 20 different moves um and there's only like four of them that are displayed there and so like i don't know he feels he's very chaotic in that way um and he also has magic points which no other character in the game has uh so you know you find yourself spending uh mp and running out of it and all that kind of stuff um so he's just he's uh he's he's interesting and i like him so far um but i'm also like i found myself kind of just like not really playing smash much anymore so like um, it was fun to get me back to it for like, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes or something, but I don't know that I'm going to spend more time like, you know, digging into it. I like the idea of those like four random. Yeah. Of like know, abilities. The, yeah. Like, the down B. The four yeah. random abilities because it seems like it opens up an opportunity for like randomization for more like random things to happen in matches. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of stuff plays out in the competitive scene. Well, and I know that there, like, he wasn't uh, he wasn't playable at at Evo, which was this last weekend, um, and like uh, that there's talk in the uh, fighting game community of just outlawing him altogether <gasps> because he has a move that will just do a one hit kill, and it's like, well, I have seen talk of him being a little overpowered, right? Um, or at least weirdly powered that like sometimes you'll just win <laughs> and you know no other characters have that um, s- speaking of Evo I wanted to just talk a little bit about because um, there were two very cool um, like final uh, matches in uh, e- Evo this year um, Evo is the professional fighting game tournament that's held in Las Vegas every year um, and uh, a, couple <coughs> a couple games from Nintendo platforms were featured um, chief among them is Super Smash Brothers which uh, was the closer. It, it finished out the show, um, and it was a really cool match. Um, the the uh, like grand finals uh, match was between uh, MK Leo, who was uh, maining Joker um, from Persona, and uh, Tweak, who was maining the Pokemon trainer. And both of those are characters that not a lot of other uh, players were were using, especially the Pokemon trainer. Um, and it was just cool to see um, MK Leo come out from the losers bracket um, and like win the whole thing. Uh, and you know, it was it was one of those like, you know, right down to the very last life. They they do like a stock best of or like three three stock, you know, one on one. And it was just it was a it was a it was just a good fight. Um, so I, I recommend everyone check that out. Um, and then also the Street Fighter V finals, which I know is not available on a Nintendo platform, but uh, it was really good. It was another story of someone clawing their way out of the loser's bracket. This dude, Big Bird, who was uh, maining Rashid um, and uh, going up against Bone Chan, who was like uh, favored to win the whole thing. And I won't give away how it goes because uh, it's very exciting and you should just uh, check check those out. Um, Hey, have you been playing anything else this week, Mark, or get a chance Donkey to check Kong out Donkey Kong 3. Oh, yes. Slowly but surely, I'm making my way up. Have I cracked 100,000? No. There was some time last week where I was like, how am I getting worse at this terrible, terrible game? <laughs> but you should definitely submit your high scores to us. Yeah, because look, Mark will get better. Is he going to get 213,000 better? I, I don't know. Anyway, submit those to us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. All right, Mark, let's get into the new releases. Today, August 6th, Guacamelee 1 2 Punch Collection comes out. Um, have we talked about what this is? 1 2 Punch? 
Is no. it just Guacamole and Guacamole 2? Yeah, here's the thing. I didn't look it up because I am confident that it's just a collection of the two games. I mean, what else would it... And it's a physical edition. Ah, there we go. Um, also today, DC Universe Online is released for Switch. Um, yeah, and that is interesting. Are they... Uh, do we have to pay for it? Like buy? No, it's totally it's free. Totally free. Wait, wait. Sorry, which one are we talking about now? DC DC Universe. Oh yeah, yeah completely yeah. free. It's a free to play game now. Um, that's cool. And then on August eighth, Pillars of Eternity, the complete edition, is released on Switch. Um, a- anything among those that you're interested in picking up? I never played Pillars of Eternity. I do have like an affinity for those old CRPG, um, like old school heavy. Le- based in D&D RPGs. Yeah. But um so I'm glad this is on Switch. I don't know that I'll have time to pick it up right now. September's looming and I still have three houses, you know what I mean? I mean, and three houses like one playthrough of that is like 70 hours or something, so I'm told. And you can do it just over and over mm-hmm. again. Get all them romance options. Um yeah, all two. All t- still bitter. Um, you could also just play as a no! female and pretend. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and no, I'm not super interested in picking up anything here. Um, especially because the games that I like on here, Guacamelee and Guacamelee Two, and DC Universe Online, I have played all of these games. So, um, not that I played much of DC Universe Online, but and you didn't even really like it. No, it's enough to know. Yeah, great point. So it doesn't even fall into the category I put it in. <laughs> all right, Mark. Let's let's get out of the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today we are going to be talking about tabletop board games, uh, which sort of cued off of you mentioning uh, Pandemic the other week um, and how, how you like Pandemic. Um, what, it, what, it, what do you like? What, why, why do you like Pandemic? I really like that it's a cooperative hmm. like board game. Those are my favorite time because I maybe it's just as I've grown up and become more aware of the world, but it feels like for the past 10 years, 15 years, that tabletop board games have kind of had like a resurgence. It does of interest seem like that, and like right? a renaissance of like new games, and um, I'm I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I'm, I my favorite types of those games mm-hmm. are the ones that you play as a team. Yeah, um, I think I do think a lot of that has to do with the and, and maybe this is uh, you know chicken and the egg, um, but like a lot of that is due to the popularity of streaming because I know people stream board games and role-playing games a lot and that just sort of like uh increase the like general acceptance of them um i've never actually played pandemic but it i i do one of the things that stresses me out about uh playing tabletop board games is that people do start to get competitive and like you know i i like spending time with my friends i don't necessarily like spending time having them angry at me or being angry at them yeah i I think I really like it for the same reason. I've always been drawn to more like team things. It's why I really liked improv 
versus like stand-up never really appealed to me because it's so isolated. Right, but what about all the great times that we would be on like competitive improv shows <laughs> where it's like you three... That are worth millions of dollars or competing for millions of dollars? Yes, a chance to come back the next week. <laughs> and you're like, look, if we lose tonight, I don't have to drive back out to Culver City tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Where was the improv space? Not in Culver City. It's, uh, uh, no, it's in Westwood. It's in Westwood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what what other uh, have have you had an opportunity to play like other um, tabletop board games recently or mm, not recently as much? There was a time probably like again maybe like ten years ago where I had a group of friends where we liked playing a lot. If you're ever in Glendale, God, I think it still exists. I haven't been there for a couple of years now at this point, but Game House. Oh, yeah. Game House is just right up the street here. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. Basically, it's like a cafe slash board game paradise where you play, you pay like a flat fee. It's like seven bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And um, you and your friends just like get a table and can play board games. And there's people there, employees there who know board games are like, uh, are will be willing to help you find one and set it up and kind of like guide you through the first couple of rounds, which is always like the hardest part of getting into a board game. Yeah. Um, the uh, last year around my birthday, I was there with a couple of people um, and we pulled out a Firefly board game, um, which was too complicated. <laughs> uh, we spent about an hour and a half setting it up and then decided we didn't want to play. <laughs> <laughs> there is something to be said for the classics. Just oh, like- yeah. Clue. Mm-hmm. I love Clue. I had a Nintendo. Ooh, can't no! talk about oh, it. Oh, jeez. Ah! Dude, is it like you can't say that on television? Do I get yeah, slimed? you're getting slimed. <laughs> Here's the thing. You say, I don't know, you get slimed. Then uh, just say water, and then you get water dumped on you. You get cleaned <laughs> off right away. I don't know why no one took advantage of this. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, after we put away the, uh, the Firefly game, we just pulled out a Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit. Um, which our friend and uh, previous guest, Jen Kleinrock, was very good at. Like, shockingly good at. You know, Knew everything. The only version, or the version of Risk that I have played the most by far is Lord of the Rings Risk. Uh, where you're moving around cool. Middle Earth instead of, you know, uh, regular Earth. <laughs> um, does it still have, like, like the same, like, similar areas? Like, is it still safest to just like camp out on the purple area? My memory of it is that it is pretty much just like one giant continent. Yeah. So harder to do that. Oh well, that uh, that is the end of the. I guess I guess we'll never know. Ah. <laughs> uh, we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Like we mentioned earlier, Super Smash Bros. version 4.0 was released last week. It featured the hero DLC character, but there are also a couple of new notable features as well. This one, not so notable, but we're going to talk about it anyways. The new Me Fighter costumes. Yeah, we're going to get a new set of Me Fighter costumes with every single one of these characters, aren't we? Yeah, I think you sound resigned to that fact. I, I do. I did. Uh, let. List, list them off. Okay. <laughs> uh, Veronica, like a Dragon Quest character who is for the Sword Fighter me. Erdrick, this is all Dragon Quest. Um, Sword Fighter. Martial Artist character from Dragon Quest for the Brawler. A slime hat. That's fun. Mm-hmm. And they're 75 cents each. It's a little bit weird that they charge the same amount for a hat as they do for a whole outfit. I think they know that the slime hat 
is the is best a one. desirable item. Yeah. So they're like, eh, we can get away with it. Uh, some other changes to the game. There's a new Final Smash meter time limit. So players can't just like get a Final Smash and hang around forever waiting for somebody to like come into their path, I guess. Did you ever f- experience that and find it to be a problem? Well, d- wasn't there always a period where you lost it if you didn't use it? I don't know. Yeah, I think there m- might have been, or maybe I just panicked after a while and just used it even though, even if nobody was near me. Um, but now there's like an actual meter that you can see running down. Yeah. That lets you know when it's about to be used out. Uh, there is a very easy difficulty setting for World of Light, which means I may actually finish World of Light yeah, now. Yeah, me too. I, I think that's very funny because there are a, a couple like just horrendous spikes in difficulty in World of Light. I was already playing on easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, this is a good addition or they should just balance it in the first place. Yeah. Um, spectate mode has a new feature where you can predict the winner of a match and you are like, uh, you're betting points. Okay. Um, or I think they're points, not gold, whatever. You're betting like whatever currency you accrue. Gold points. Gil, maybe. (laughs) Um, you're betting whatever currency you accrue. And then, obviously, if you win, you get more points. If you lose, you lose those points. Um, And then you can exchange them for items that you can use in the spirit board, I think. Sure, like little level-up things for for your spirits. They're also adding an online tourney mode where the rules will change periodically and there are, like, special event tourneys, tournaments planned. But yeah, you just massive online tournaments. Yeah, and they're all uh, four-player matches. So um, even though you know we were just talking about Evo and those matches are all one-on-one, um, these will be you know four people in one. Like it, it's going to be. It, they're calling it a tournament, but it's not being treated the same way that like Smash tournaments, like capital S, capital T, um, how how those are normally treated. It's just a a fun way to play online. And then if you're a Nintendo Switch Online subscriber, you can download something called the Smash Brothers Ultimate Spirit Board Challenge Pack 1, which is just some free items that can be used in the Spirit Board Challenges. Um, I did this. I did too. Because I saw that it was there, mm-hmm. and then I've done nothing with it. I never really used any of the items when I was doing Spirit Board stuff. I will from time to time, but only, like, if I think about it. Yeah, that's the thing, is I just never, like, thought to. Yeah. I wasn't trying to be good at the game or anything. Like, I probably should use them much more than I did. Tell you what, uh, using a shield spacer or a shield slowdown to, like, actually get the spirit... A- oh, a- that one I used the all the time. Yeah, I, I love spamming those. Because uh, the- I tell you what, that part of the game is pointless. <laughs> you should just get the spirit, right? Right. Okay. The Pokemon Company announced via their official Twitter account that they plan to release more information on Pokemon Sword and Shield, or more correctly, hashtag Pokemon Sword Shield, on Wednesday, August 7th at 6 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, it's another early Pokemon trailer? They must be, like, worldwide. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what to expect. I haven't paid close enough attention to the other Pokemon marketing schedules to know if like is this the big blowout it seems a little early so are we just going to learn more about more pokemon i don't really know yeah i mean like the the like drips and drabs that we've seen uh in in other forms and previous like videos and stuff have been like here are more uh gym leaders or uh you know a handful of um new pokemon or, or or whatever 
Um, so like it, it could be anything like that. We may also see some like new game features or something. Um, but uh, I'm I'm starting to become uh, worried about the uh, like toxic fan nature uh, surrounding Pokemon right now. Um, when I uh, added this story to the to the news lineup here, um, I checked out the Pokemon Company's tweet, and it is just flooded with like bad faith replies of people like slamming them for not including the National Pokedex or for the graphics being less than what they expect them to be. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, it does not seem like a, fu- like Pokemon fandom does not feel like a fun place to be near right now. Which seems so stupid to me. Yeah. Like it's unfathomable to me. Speaking of things that are unfathomable to me, Go Dr. On. Mario World yes. will be receiving some updates on August 7th. It includes three new doctors, one of which is Daisy, and the other two are mysteries. That's very exciting. <laughs> it is very exciting. <laughs> and then 20 new stages. Yay! This is all part of version 1.0.4, which also fixes some bugs in the game. After August 7th, everyone will need to download the update in order to play. But the update is available now if you want to grab it uh, ahead of time. Obsidian's upcoming post-apocalyptic RPG from some of the creators of Fallout New Vegas and other acclaimed games. The game is called The Outer Worlds. Yes. I realized when I was writing that out, I really like <laughs> buried yep. the name in there under a lot of other information. So The Outer Worlds is coming to Switch, which I am very excited about. This one seems like it uh, came out of nowhere, totally, right? Totally, yeah. So it's going to come, it's coming out on other platforms, I think in just a couple months, but they're just saying that it's coming for Switch later. We don't know when yet it's being ported by virtuos and um it's kind of cool because like obsidian is owned by microsoft now yeah. like they're a first party developer at this point so i guess this is like their last hurrah but i'm really excited I mean, m- maybe uh yeah i guess a- that's true a- md mdhr the the cuphead developer is also um owned by microsoft right i or at the very least they published uh cuphead yeah i think that's for I think that is the case. Um, and that game is obviously on Switch. Uh, Minecraft is everywhere. So uh, it, Microsoft doesn't seem to have the same sort of like approach to their um, the the software that they publish as uh, Sony or Nintendo does. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I really like Fallout. I like the idea of kind of like a smaller, more crafted Fallout. Yeah. And so I'm I'm really excited for this. Cool. Patrick, you know that the only way we're ever going to talk about Labo VR yeah. on this show There's is if gotta we can be a way. also talk about Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Sure. What a treat. And so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Captain Toad Treasure Tracker version 1.3.0 was released last week, and it includes a new Labo VR mode. Great. That's it. That's the story. That's the end of the story. Uh, follow up on last week's story about the Nintendo Switch Online vouchers being taken off of the Switch store. Uh, the With the removal of the vouchers on July 31st, Nintendo's FAQ about the vouchers was updated to include a section about whether they'll be returning in the future. And if you're in the U.S., it doesn't seem like it. No more vouchers. Mark, were you able to grab some vouchers before I they disappeared? chose... Not to you chose so. Do you still have a set of vouchers? I do have. A, well, okay. I guess I have a voucher left because okay. I used one to get Fire Emblem. That yeah, that makes sense. Um, I did grab two sets of vouchers because I'm like, I'm gonna play Zelda. I'm gonna play 
other games. <laughs> I know you can go was... back and insert it. Like, yeah, yeah, you'll just edit that part in. <laughs> um, yeah, and if you purchase vouchers, you have one year to use them, so they're yep. good. One year from purchase. Right. And I purchased mine on July 31st, giving me the most time possible. Interestingly, they still remain available in Europe and Japan. So there you go. Last week, Nintendo and Chinese conglomerate Tencent held a joint press conference at China Joy, which is a game convention in Shanghai. So we learned a few things about the Switch's release in China. Cool. Tencent will provide cloud services and servers for the Switch's online platform in China and will apparently help localize Nintendo's games into simplified Chinese. That's cool. It's interesting uh, that they are taking that part on. Instead of like, like there the being localization. A, yeah. yeah. Instead of there being like a, a Nintendo of China treehouse well, or well, whatever. Well, because there are like, games already that have official, mm-hmm. you know, like, I guess I don't know who did the actual translation work yeah. but you know even like pokemon i'm not going to list them the only one i can think of is pokemon let's go but there's a yeah. number of other games that already have official simplified chinese um we also learned that the eShop will accept wechat pay which basically over there um you don't you don't see a lot of places that take credit cards and some places most places will take cash but everywhere takes wechat pay or Alipay, which is basically like I guess the equivalent would kind of be just like Venmo, but you're doing it between com- like companies. Like when you go to pay for a meal, they bring out this thing, you bring up the barcode on your phone, and they just like scan your barcode or you scan their barcode yeah. and like pay the amount. Yeah, it- so it's almost a little bit more like PayPal y. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and then the interesting thing is that no release date and no price has been mm. announced yet so we don't know when it's going to happen there's apparently still a lot of like regulatory hurdles that have to be passed before they're able to officially release but they are definitely like beginning to sound the drums that's cool i mean that could be huge for nintendo nintendo is introducing a new game trials program for nintendo switch online members the first game in the u.s is mario tennis aces from august 7th to august 13th Nintendo Switch Online members can play the full game. So it's not a demo. There's no gates. Like, you can just play as much of it as you want in the, during that time. Progress will carry over if you buy the full game, and you can get a 30% discount for Mario Tennis Aces through August 20th. Uh, which is cool. I remember they also they did this sort of thing without the Nintendo Switch Online um, that or that wasn't required, or maybe you would still to play it online. No, because it was before Nintendo Switch Online. Maybe that was it. Yeah, shipped and it wasn't. It was just like you know they did like the early Splatfest and like the Arms yeah. test crash or whatever it was called. Where so it was just like a demo version of the game. This is different. Where this is this like is just the, the whole, whole thing. Like that was just doing online matches, sure. To te- and this is like you can do the story mode, you can do whatever you want. Ah, uh, the famous story mode that everyone <laughs> loved and no I mean, one had any you complaints. Pl- you beat it. I did. Oh, yeah, and I really liked it. <laughs> uh, sort of related. Square Enix announced that there will be a demo for Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of Elusive Age Definitive Edition on Nintendo Switch, <laughs> which is cool. I'm very excited for this game. I know um, you and I have played a little bit on the PS4. Yeah. Um, I am interested in picking up the demo to see like what the differences are, to see if my issues with the original have been smoothed over in the definitive edition. Um, 
or even if just the like uh eight bit or sixteen bit whatever like version of it is compelling enough and charming enough that like I may just play it that way. Also, what I'm finding with Fire Emblem is just like, man, I love being able to take these big games that I'm playing on my TV, and yeah. just like crawl into bed with them, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and this would be that. Finally, the YouTube app for Nintendo 3DS. Wow, has played its last. 9-11 truther video service ended on september 3rd now what does that mean because september 3rd hasn't happened yet service will end there we go <laughs> on september 3rd okay so it hasn't actually played it's it's final i can go get my 3ds right now yes and i can just run loose change back to back for days, for and days, days and days and days, but only for a couple weeks. That's <laughs> right. It all shuts down on September third. Um, so you know, get in your conspiracy videos now, because there's nowhere else you're gonna be able to get them. None, nowhere. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. That kind of thing helps us out a bunch. On Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Can I just say real fast, we just like hearing from you guys. Oh, totally. Even if you don't want to borrow Patrick's copy of Sonic Forces, or you don't or can't play Donkey Kong 3, or you're not playing Super Mario Maker 2, we just like hearing what you're thinking about. Yeah, what are you guys up to, like, later? You want to hang out? <laughs> also, we haven't mentioned uh, this in a while, but we would like people to continue to uh, send us friend requests on Switch. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and our uh, friend codes are either in the episode description or, like, on the uh, Campfire website. I think both. There you go. Places, yeah. both, both places. And, you know, if we sound desperate for friends... Uh, we are! Maybe we are! It's fine! My mom likes me. Yeah. Mark's mom likes him. Can't speak to uh, how she feels about me or how my own mother feels about me other than we've got a lot of guilt between us. Did I already say what our handles were? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers S. Definitive Edition saying thanks for listening. Campfire.